0: Hi, my name is Gavin and I am the producer of Off The Notepad. Today we have, you guessed it, a very special episode. And I'm glad to be here because you know what? I'm tired of being humble as well. I am the best goddamn producer in the fucking universe. It's it's all thanks to Victoria and Halika. Their mentalities have totally worn off on me. I, I won't stop until I am the greatest producer in the multiverse. I just, I'm going to have to eliminate other me's. That's that's where I'm going to have to go. Uh, either way, thank you all for listening. If you love this podcast, share with your fucking friends. Anyone who's willing to listen, tie them down if it comes down to it. Either way, thank you all for listening to Off the Notepad. I will see you all at the break. Bye! Hi, welcome to Off
1: the Notepad. I'm Victoria D'Angelo. And I'm Halika Campbell. And today, I've decided to be humble. Really? I have. Whoa, Gavin, cut this out. We're doing this now? (laughs) Just for today. Just this one episode. Oh, what do we- What do we say? You guys are also great writers. And we would love to see your writing. Please send it in, and we won't judge it too harshly. Because we're being humble about how great you guys are. We're also pretty great. Yeah. I guess we're- all great. Is this on our is this our April Fools episode? Is that what this is? I'm really lost. I don't know if I like this new persona. It's okay. We'll be back to the old one in the next episode. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> this is a lot of change.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, all right.
1: You have a character now. Now back to us being perfect. Oh yeah. Okay. I have I have a character for you. Ooh, who do you have? I have a parent that has a very successful job that takes up a lot of their time. Oh, okay. Okay. So I kind of have a, I have a really oddly intense prompt. Oh. There's a caveat at the end of this prompt. I want to see how far we can get without using it. Oh. <laughs> because I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> but I think it's vaguely helpful. You'll see what I mean. Okay. I found this on a website. On a website? On a website. Wow. I don't, I don't remember what the website was called. Um, Pinterest. So, the website prompt goes as such. Write a story about how recently there's been a number of abandoned cars scattered throughout the city. Nobody knows where they're coming from and there's not a single personal item in them. So, our protagonist is living in the city. Cars are appearing. Okay. Does their job have anything to do with, like... Cars? Or the strange, appe- like, a police officer would be in charge of removing said cars. That type of thing. Right. Like or maybe a tow truck company yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. I kind of want to see how disconnected we can allow this protagonist to oh, be. okay. Because I really like stories okay. where the protagonist is doing one thing, and they're really focused on how normal their life is, mm-hmm. but there's really weird shit going on in the background. Sure, 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 sure. So I kind of want I this. like that. I want this protagonist because they have, probably a normal ass job like they're an accountant um which is what takes them away from their family all the time yeah is this dad or mom what are we leaning towards Um, i want to do a mom oh yeah workaholic mom yeah okay we have our workaholic mom yeah again i feel like she has a desk job yeah, yeah, but it, like it has nothing to do with these cars that keep showing up. I think in the beginning of this story, we probably have a couple instances where like traffic is really bad because these cars have just been like placed. Mhm, mhm. Do those look small to you? They do look small. My gut instinct also is to give this mom like a teenage son. Oh yeah. And there can be, like, others, too. But I'm thinking about this teenage son because I want them to be of driving age and to be directly influenced by this car thing that's happening. Oh, yeah. I kind of want it to be, like, single mom-only child and since Because okay. I feel like those dynamics are really interesting, especially when it's mother and son. Okay. So I want to give that a shot. I also kind of want this son to be, like, a true crime junkie. True crime junkie. Yeah, like, he's super into, like this mystery with the cars and i think when his mother is home he like tries to tell her about it. he's like yeah people are thinking it's a i don't know a serial car kidnapper or whatever like it's so interesting and mom's like uh-huh 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 like running through um numbers in her head Mm-hmm. okay so we have this protagonist who's got a desk job is constantly giving time to her desk job, probably takes calls during dinner. Absolutely. Takes calls, like, whenever she can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I do think we've built up a great foundation. Here's the caveat with this story. The final sentence of the prompt goes relatively as such. There's no personal items in any of these cars, right? These cars are empty. Yeah. However, on... The final car that is shown up, at least in terms of the prompt, um, there is a severed human scalp on the hood, which is too oddly specific, and I don't like it. I don't like it either. It's horrendous. That also, like, treads an avenue of potential uh, racism. Extremely. No, it's weird. It's <laughs> awful. Like, I worry we we'll go down that path. No, I don't think it's worth pursuing. No. But what could be interesting is the idea that people start disappearing with, like... People start disappearing, cars are replacing these people. Right. Just I'm not, random cars or those people's cars? We could get into that. Okay. Because, again, these cars are supposed to be completely devoid of any, like, personal items. What about license plates? Could have license plates. Like, license plates pertaining to the people. Yeah, because if you have a license plate, then that's quote-unquote arguably a personal item because then they can track who the car belonged to if anyone mm-hmm. well then do these cars belong to people is the next question i feel it, like it makes sense you could set up it a really good sense. mystery with that yeah they'd be really creepy if they were cars that belonged to nobody yeah it'd be really odd yeah. what about where are the keys of these cars just not there just not there just not there because i think that's what's really difficult about these cars you can't move them well i mean i'm assuming they're all locked and i believe i would be shocked never mind um firefighters are trained to break into cars Mm -hmm. and they can do so like cleanly it's possible Mm -hmm. to do so without any damage to the car so i assume that they're Doing this, they prob- if this has been a problem for a little while, they've probably been like recruiting more people to being like this is how you break into a car, which might be a problem. Mm-hmm. Hmm. No, this world is odd. Like I'm trying to figure out how you'd maneuver around it, because I really like the idea that at some point, um, whoever's doing this, because I do imagine it is a person, someone mm-hmm. is placing these cars somehow. Because I really like the idea of our protagonist getting wrapped up in it cuz i kind of want her son to go missing. Yeah, no. Cuz she's negligent I get that. until the second word he's gone. Yeah. And i like her trying to figure out what's going on. Maybe she enters either her son's room or she's able to find her way to the culprit's room and there's just like car keys hanging from every inch of the wall in her son's room. Maybe it was her son. It could be her he son. He wanted attention. Mhm. Mom noticed me. And, of course, because she's never home, she never noticed that her kid has started hanging all of these car keys everywhere. That's terrifying, and I kind of love it. Right? It's interesting. I also want son's best friend's dad to be a firefighter. I like that. That makes sense. So I can see, like... Mr. Firefighter getting kind of stressed with his job because he would mm-hmm. and be like hey you two kids want to help come along with me oh yeah yeah because I think that's one of the off conversations that as a reader like we get to see the son's part as he's talking about how he broke into so many cars today and his mom was like uh-huh and I have to call Janice at the office and mm. da, da da like just so unaware yeah 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 no, that's so interesting. I love that it's the kid who's doing this. What? Will we know why. How? What's he doing with the people? Yeah, no clue. No clue. Because I don't really want to make the kid a serial killer. I don't either. Again, like, the original murderous prospect was, like, not interesting to me at no. all. People are disappearing. Are we going to make—are we going to—is there going to be a turn to the supernatural? I'm also hesitant to do that. I'm not vibing with that. What is he doing with the people? Where are the people going? Because technically, if this is a short story, we don't have to answer that. We can end with the mother entering the room. But I kind of want to answer that because I want to know. What do you think the time frame is? How long does this story take place over? I kind of want it to be like over the course of a year a year I think that could be interesting because then we start with like one car is placed on along the side of the road but then we get a little more drastic because our 17 year old boy is getting a little more cunning somehow however he's doing this he's doing it really well interesting that makes it more challenging for where the people goes because I was thinking if it lasts a week we could say mm Teenager and mom are rich because mom spends all of her time working. And teenager's like, Y'all want to go on a vacation? Here you go. <laughs> bye bye. Just paying people to disappear without a word. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think that's reasonable for like a year unless he's very rich and he says, Please move. Please move. What if we. Let's. Ooh. I'm kind of intrigued by the idea of this being like, a a major stunt. Like, what if this is a bunch of teenagers who are doing this? Like, what if he's not alone in this? Okay. Over time, he's, he's talked to people. He's like, wouldn't it be funny if you just disappeared? Wouldn't it be interesting if you ran away and never came back and you placed your car here? And then you ran away. Are teenagers disappearing? I think teenagers are disappearing. Oh, no, I love that. But I think, you know what? Some of them are using, like, their parents' cars. So the connection isn't... Because I don't think teenagers start disappearing for a little while, at least like a month or two. Yeah. And then no, people yeah, yeah, yeah. start disappearing, right? So I think like people are just weirded out because their cars are going missing and no one knows where the keys are. Sure. So then teenagers start disappearing. I don't know. I feel like... This feels like part smuggle operation and part cult. Yeah. It's yeah. Getting, like in a creepy way and I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, manipulative manipulative mastermind child i love you he's so cool i love this character (laughs) this is not our main character he's not but i think like that's what makes this story really fascinating because as a reader you are not going to like this woman oh yeah she's like so beyond negligent and i think as a reader like you're just going to feel so uncomfortable with how inattentive she is Mm -hmm. and part of like you'll have sympathy for her because like single mom that's rough you know, you're yeah. working this intensive job, but, like, at some point you have to care that your son is, like, telling you about how he's breaking into cars with, you know, his best friend's dad. and He's, like, embroiling himself in this potentially dangerous situation mm-hmm. that he's the mastermind of. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. So we have this teenager who starts with what? The – what are we starting – what is the start point? Just one car – shows up without anything in it no keys no keys no nothing yeah and is there a disappearance during that i don't think so i think the first time it's just weird okay first time he does it maybe maybe don't drink kids maybe the first night he got drunk because he was like really sad that his mom decided to work that night instead of come home for taco tuesday dear evan hansen no i like that i was just like because he's lonely Yeah. So he went and he's like, fuck it. My life sucks. I'm going to go steal a car for adrenaline reasons. And so he goes to some random neighbor's house, breaks in to find the keys. You know what? I don't even think he has to do that because I imagine this is a pretty good kid. Like he's one of those children who are like, maybe if I'm good, my mom will come home. Right. Sure. So maybe this is someone he like pet sits for. Of course, he knows where they keep the extra key oh because okay know, i think he's a incredibly smooth operator like he he so gets in is get he out. charismatic oh absolutely i hate charismatic characters <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as much as i love them <laughs> okay you know, i think he's a very charming young man for sure so he can get the keys because he's the fucking dog sitter and no one knows no one's the wiser of i don't course. really want him to ask for the keys because then it's connected to him Oh, yeah, he doesn't. He definitely doesn't. But he knows exactly where the keys are, and he can take them. hmm And then he gets in the car. He drives forever because he's mad. Throws stuff out the window because he's mad. Oh, yeah. Until there's nothing left in the car. And then parks it somewhere. Locks it, walks home. Doesn't realize what he did until the morning after because he's drunk off his ass. Doesn't realize, or maybe... He panics. He freaks out. Mm -hmm. He's like, I just stole this car. Yeah. 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 Well, I feel like if he panics, he would put it back in the driveway, wouldn't he? Unless he thinks they'll see him. I think he thinks they'll see him. And I think also, like, maybe he's too far in the city to get back. Like, if he gets back, it'll be morning or something like that. And they'll wake up to him pulling into their driveway. Yeah. And then he walks home and his mom still isn't home. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mom's been sleeping at the office. Aw, poor kiddo. Fuck mom. Yeah, fuck mom. And then he did that, and he kind of bruised on it for a while. then he's like, that was an adrenaline rush. Not only was it an adrenaline rush, I think the media coverage, like... Yeah. It's phenomenal. Is this light Yagami? It's light Yagami. Fuck. It's a sociopath. But I think it's not so much the, like, ooh, who is this, um, who did this? I think it's the, um... The intrigue that really gets him going. So sorry. I just watched an LPS officer walk up to the door and pull the door handle and then walk away. Oop. That terrified me. That's ominous. (laughs) Hi. Okay, moving on. Anyways. What did you say? I can't remember. Okay, we'll go back. Something, something sociopath. The intrigue. Yeah, just the idea that like... People are thinking about this. People are treating this as, like, a a big-ass conspiracy. Mm. So it's, like, it is almost like a, a cult idea. Interesting. You know what would be cool is, like, the this teenager is doing the car thing, and he's like, ooh, this is kind of cool. Like, it's getting a lot of attention. What if it happened again? And so he does it again. Mm-hmm. He does it a couple of times. And then... It starts happening when he didn't do it. Oh, he's not in control. Yeah. It'd be super, it can either go like some random sociopath is doing it or I'd love for one of his friends to come up to him and be like, hey, 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 I'm the car person. Oh, and then he gets out of hand. Yeah. Because, you know, I kind of like, so then there's like two, two alternate scenes with like the room filled with car keys. I still kind of want the room full of car keys, but, like, the teenager's friend is like, hey, I'm the car person, and teenager's like, cool, keep doing that. Also, give me the keys. Yeah. Now, do that car, and do that, and then he's do. just in charge. Yeah. No, but what I like about the keys room is that it's either his mom walks in, the room is empty, but she sees all the keys, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's very clear that her son is... Has- insane at this point yeah yeah or she walks into the room and he's sitting on the floor like in the middle of it all Mm -hmm. and he just he looks at her and with a smile almost just i can't stop this (gasps) like this is so it's so beyond me what you were gonna say looks at her up at her with a smile and he goes welcome home mom oh that too that too but it's just like it becomes so so much bigger when more people get involved Yeah, yeah. I like that. I kind of want him, because I love him as a mastermind. I would love him to start as a mastermind and then it gets out of hand. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I I think the first couple months, this is like real clean operations. Yeah. He like starts to become the the fucking gang leader of teenagers. Mm -hmm. And they're all stealing cars and just leaving them around. And then we get to disappearances, because it has to transition into disappearances. Yeah. Maybe one of the teenagers who's working for him is like, my life sucks. I hate my family. I need to get out. And our teenager, like, really sympathizes with that because his home life isn't super. So he's like, do you just want to leave? And it, it's a little bit of a joke, but it's also serious. And then the person's like, yeah, I do. And then they work that out. Yeah. And, and then they stage a disappearance. So then it becomes a disappearance network. Yeah. That's why. Of just people who want to be gone. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so interesting. It's like this underground people who want to be gone. And I imagine this starts as teenagers and then evolves into everyone else. Mm hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, it works its way up to the young adults and then the adults, yeah. and then just everyone is going missing. Yep. Yep. Ooh. Just people who are not happy with their lives. And our protagonist is just ambivalent to it all. Yeah. Yep. How does this get out of control? Do you think someone within the organization... Because it's an organization now. Someone within the organization... I want to say, like, make someone disappear who doesn't want to disappear. Oh, yeah. No, I think we start getting... um, It's not just this organization who's doing this shit. Like, I think we start seeing... um, Maybe not direct references to, but there's uh, a serial killer, most likely, who's also using this to get rid of their victims. Oh. There are people who are just like running away to run away and they're doing it messily. Like, it's just there are different people who are using this phenomenon to their advantage in ways that like, yeah, no, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Because what I kind of want is at some point, our protagonist, because I think the last card to go missing is hers. I think her car is now gone. Oh, the protagonist's car. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think that means she has to walk to and from work, which maybe her job isn't too far, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think as she's walking, there's like... She leaves her office and it looks like there's heavy traffic. No one's moving. But these are all empty cars. Terrifying. Because I think a fuckload of people have just left. Mm. And this is like the great event. And this is what makes her she's still ambivalent i think but she's like this is some really weird ass shit and then she gets home and we have the key room sequence Mm -hmm. and things start falling into place i think mom's car disappears first right and she has this little like this is very weird and then i want her to get home and i want son to also have a car i want son's car to be gone oh my god yeah. yeah oh and that's like that's it yeah and maybe that's where we end the story. It's just... Her walking into the key room? Yeah. Oh, fascinating. Because I think throughout the story, like, as a reader, you pick up on, like, all the little things that are happening. We catch glimpses of the news. We hear what the son is saying. We probably, like, hear the best friend's father more than once. Yeah, yeah. Can I describe... Um, I can, like, see the key room so vividly in my mind. Describe can the key I? Room. Describe. Okay. So, first of all, my key room is not his bedroom, It's his closet. Oh. And there's nothing else in his closet. And on the walls, you have pictures of the cars pinned up with a thumbtack, and on the thumbtack are the keys hanging off of them. Yes. God, that's amazing. And maybe, like, half of them have pictures of whoever was disappeared also tacked on to the same thumbtack. Oh, yeah. I think he probably also has, like written because i imagine these are like polaroids almost maybe yeah and he's written on each one who the car belongs to yeah yeah i want i want like a handful of them also to have like handwritten notes from the person who disappeared like can you can you help me go away yeah help me i don't want to be here anymore yeah. probably more than one like i want to die notes yeah you yeah. just like remind him of who he's helped <laughs> As he's like sitting in the middle of it, realizing that he has no control over this anymore. And then I also want the back of the door to have like the mistakes or the things he couldn't help with. Like the serial killer. Yeah, Like someone died and he couldn't do anything about it and it's his fault. But he put that up anyway because he started this. Right. He has to document the entire thing. Yeah. Ooh. That's wild. Maybe they have different colors. Maybe he has, like, green ones for the people that he helped and the red ones for the people who are dead or damaged. or. Oh, yeah. No, I think his horrified mother is, like, standing behind him as he's explaining how he's color-coded this. Yeah. Wow. What a tale. What a story. Yeah. Do you think the final scene is them hugging? It could be. It, it could be. be. Just crying, like, I can't stop. I can't, yeah. All this because the mom wouldn't pay attention to her child. Yeah, please pay attention to your child. Please do. So that this doesn't happen. Love your children. Love your children. Don't neglect them. (laughs) That that went to a lovely place. No, I'm glad. Again, (laughs) that prompt is a little trashy at first. It's like, oh, that's yuck. Yeah, I didn't like the severed... No, it was so bad. I was like, who made this? That's such an... Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. don't do that, dear audience. No, if you write that, we will delete it immediately. But if you write anything else, we will read it and compliment it. And give you, like, we will email you back, or DM you back, depending, and tell you how great it is. It's true. Because your writing's going to be better. I mean, you listen off the notepad. Yeah. You you can't be a bad writer. Yeah, I mean, Off the Notepad is pretty great, pretty amazing. Yeah. Didn't we start this episode on a I want to be humble note? Oh, but we drifted away. So <laughs> <you> remember, <laughs> we drifted so far away. You remember, you remember we said okay, we're done now. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll catch you guys after the break. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Hello. Thank you all for listening to that first segment. I hope you all thought it was a certifiable banger. Hope you all heard that little knock on wood. Um, we like to call that segment here, Grand Theft Witness Protection. And you know what? Maybe we all need a little bit of a Grand Theft Witness Protection, especially after I uh, I angered Holy and Victoria. I know they've sent hitmen after me and guys, I don't know how long I'm gonna last. Kanava, you're gonna have to take over. I've heard you're in- interested in the gig and you know what? Mom and dad, I love you. <laughs> I fear for my life. <laughs> <laughs> Joking aside, I hope you all enjoyed that first segment. And uh, again, I'm not privy to the details of the second segment coming up. I believe it will be a certifiable banger. Thank you all for listening to Off the Notepad, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye!
1: Welcome back from the break. I have decided that I am done being humble. Really? I have. I have. I'm so glad. I was I getting have. really nervous. Yeah, yeah. Everyone who listens to this... Your art is trash. <laughs> and you should really absorb what we have to tell you because it's just God tier. I don't know what else to tell you. Be the little peon sponge, you know? Like, just take our advice. You won't hear any better. So, I know you're not trash. I wanna read your writing. Please send it in. So, yes. Do you have a protagonist for me? I do. So, this one's been sitting at the top of my notes for a while. I have no clue how we're going to do this. Okay. I assume we'll get by. I want our protagonist to be a doctor. A doctor? Yeah. I don't know what their specialty would be, but I want them to um work at a hospital. Okay. Specific you want them to work at a hospital. Do you want them to be a doctor or a nurse? A doctor. A, I doctor. Want them to be a doctor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because we'll probably have a nurse in a future prompt. Don't tell oh. Victoria. She doesn't know. No, she doesn't. She doesn't know. Okay. So This prompt is a little bit long, you will hear me flip the page. (laughs) Okay! (laughs) So, this doctor. You usually try and ignore your eccentric aunt when she calls, but after receiving an urgent voicemail from her, you go see her. It turns out, she's been busy inventing time travel and she wants you to test it out for her. Playing along, because you don't believe her, you get transported to the 1980s with no way back. As your grim reality sets in, you go for a drink. The bartender is witty and captivating, and you begin to feel something for them. But what happens when you find out that there's something, there's someone that you know in your present? Oh, what does that last part mean? What is that? So this person from the 1980s hmm. is, uh, you know, charming, attractive. Doctor starts to have feelings for them. I assume they're the same age, 20s 30s ish? Yeah, we'll say like late 20s, early 30s. Late 20s. Um in real present time is actually a 50-year-old man that main character knows. Oh. Oh, damn. Oh, and because we're using a doctor, this could be like a patient. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I realize I said man. It doesn't have to be. It can be it can be anything. We can. Well, I don't know. I mean, I kind of um I kind of dig the bartender being a dude. Okay. I kind of dig them both being dudes. I can go with that. No, I'm kind of vibing with that. Okay. That's an interesting concept, too, because we're now treading into a homosexual relationship in 1980. Right. With someone who's 30 years older than you. Someone well, in your present, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the hardest thing about this narrative is the main character doesn't think they can go back, but they don't know if they can go back. Right. Oh, Because you imagine Aunt is like, fuck, I gotta get my niece back. Yeah. So they're probably working on that. Mm Mm-hmm. They're like, shit. I kind of want Doctor to intellectualize it and be like, well, if Aunt was working on a solution they would have showed up at the same point that they dropped me in. So if she's not here now, I'm here Therefore, forever. Therefore, yeah, I'm fucked. Which can be true or cannot be true, but that's probably what Doctor is thinking. No, that makes sense. I think he... That's what, like, anyone would think in a, a time travel Yeah, but situation. especially especially someone who's, like, as practical as a Doctor yeah. would be. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, we have to define time travel. We're going to put that off for a second. <laughs> yeah, let's scoot that for a bit. Remind me, this is a stupid-ass question to ask. There are no stupid questions. When was the AIDS epidemic? Is that 80s? Is that when? Oh, we are? Oh, I have no idea. Cause I th- That's a good question. Because I'm pretty... <laughs> I got it. Because I want to say it was the 80s, but I don't know a lot about the AIDS epidemic because I'm an uncultured swine. Yep, 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 yep. Like Gavin. Just like Gavin, but a little better. Yeah. Because I'm adorable <laughs> and charming. The AIDS epidemic. Was June 1981? Okay. That's so. awful specific. Oh, that's the start date. That's <laughs> 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 it just it took place in one day. So yeah, no, if we say it took place in the 1980s, that's the AIDS epidemic. That's the AIDS epidemic. And if we are describing a homosexual relationship, this doctor, being late 20s, has probably known that he's been gay for a while, is most likely very well versed on this situation. What do you do if you're a doctor? <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm assuming he's transported there right before the AIDS epidemic. That makes sense to me. Okay. Because, you know, I'm thinking, like, present day, 2020, you're going to get shifted yeah. to a whole a whole number year. Yeah. Okay, so he's there before the AIDS epidemic. He knows it's coming. Exactly. He gets this crush on the fucking bartender, and he's like, fuck! Yeah, shit. Because then there's several complications with this. Yeah. I don't know enough about fucking... Can I call it sexual history? Like, I don't know when... Condoms existed. Oh, I don't <laughs> like the history of the sex objects. Yeah, I was like, Victoria, if you don't know the sexual history of our character, that makes sense. No. We're making him up. <laughs> no, like, because, like, I don't know if condoms existed during the AIDS epidemic, so I don't know if the doctor has the ability to protect themselves. Right. I mean, like, the way. Like, sex ed today is already so limited. Mm-hmm. I can only. Believe it was worse in yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Especially when AIDS was presented as like punishment to the gays yeah. when it was literally an illness. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, or does doctor intellectualize their feelings and be like, but they're alive 30 years from now, so they didn't get AIDS, so we're good. Oh, interesting. But then what is our bartender... Obviously, our bartender doesn't have AIDS for 50 years. So that seems yeah obnoxious and inaccurate. Yeah. But then what is bartender in the hospital for? Yeah, I don't know. Something really normal? Back pain? The fact <laughs> yes. that they're 50 the f- yeah. and they should go to a doctor? Yeah. So just like normal 50-year-old things. Yeah. Yeah. Like my parents go to the doctor regularly. Mm. No, it makes sense. I just wanted to make sure we weren't like... But they do have another illness. Yeah. Okay. So doctor intellectualizes it. I think doctor also has to intellectualize that this is still my patient in the future. Like, we can't have a relationship because doctor-patient like, <laughs> interactions must remain professional, even if I'm not treating you right at this moment. Do you want to stay with, like, really normal old person stuff? Or we could do something like this bartender was afflicted with a terrible injury that still stays with them, or this bartender has cancer. Ooh, get bigger. Because if you're bigger, then once doctor goes back in time, they're like, I can help you now. Don't do this, don't do that. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Or maybe they have really bad diabetes or something. I don't know. Something that they obviously at this point in time can't even think about. Something that a doctor can fix or try and fix or intellectualize a solution Mm -hmm. early in life. Right. Come up with a a proper treatment plan. Okay. Let's say it is... It's a little bit cliche and rough, but let's say it is cancer. Cancer. I think cancer is an easy foundation to go off of. Mm -hmm. So... Because then you do have to have that conversation, maybe not bluntly, because obviously you're not going to go up to someone and go, in 30 years, you will have cancer. Mm -hmm. That's not going to go well, especially with this bartender. Yeah, yeah. This bartender strikes me as like a very free spirit. I was just about to say, because I mean, if you're a gay bartender in the 1980s, like you are (laughs) the freest of spirits. It's true. No one's more like bold or charismatic than you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I also want this bartender to be the type who's like why would i go to a doctor i can just tough it out not oh. like tough it out but just be like if i'm sick i'm going to be sick why would i go to a doctor for that yeah i exactly. can just take nyquil and knock the fuck out i will be fine rephrased i can just get high i can just get high. yeah no that makes sense and you know what i imagine these doctor can't say like yeah You know, you'll have cancer in so long, so you need to be doing X, Y, Z. But probably doctor's like, maybe you should do this. You know, keep your health up, so on and so forth. And bartender's like, life is short. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. And Doctor's like, (laughs) Because like at the very least, I feel like, because cancer's a hard one. At the very least, I feel like doctor would want them to go in regularly for x-rays. Right. To catch it as early as possible. Yes. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Because the earlier you can catch it, the better chance you have of beating it. Mhm mhm. Okay. I really want so I want this doctor to meet this witty, charismatic bartender, get feelings for them, have a little stint there, then realize it's their future patient, and then fall down a rabbit hole of intellectualizing everything. Oh, yeah. And they kind of like at this point, step away from the I have feelings for this person to I need to save your life. Right. Because at that point, they've become a patient. Yeah. Ooh, I kind of like that. So then they inadvertently start pushing Bartender away. Yep. And I think Bartender grows to resent them a little bit. Oh, this. yeah. Especially because I imagine time is going on. They probably realize the doctor. He probably figures it out like that this is his patient. Maybe in the midst of the AIDS epidemic. So the intentions are even higher. Damn, okay. I don't know enough about AIDS. Can you sur- you can survive AIDS? Now you can, yes. Now you can. Yes, I believe so if could I'm not mistaken. Could it be like could it be like a very rare case you can survive AIDS? Back then, I have no clue. Cause, and obviously this would take research and if you write it, please research it, but like You have to. You're morally obligated to. Yeah. But like I think it'd be interesting if during this timeline in the past uh bartender kind of comes out to doctor and says i caught aids but it wasn't on their medical history oh interesting ooh causing a whole new dilemma yeah yeah oh that's so interesting do you think they get in a fight about like medical honesty Absolutely. yeah. Ugh. I mean, this is everything to the doctor. This is their entire career. Yeah. Yeah. And that's almost like the, um, I've watched, what, 11 seasons of Grey's Anatomy? This is like the crux of um, medical dramas is that if I can't trust you to be honest with me when you're hurting, how am I supposed to help you? Yeah. No, exactly. And it would come out exactly like that. Yeah. So it's like, ooh. I kind of... I like where we're going. We could end it where a doctor is stuck in the past. I kind of want them to be abruptly taken back. Oh, like yeah. Like, Aunt figures out a way and forces doctor back into the present. Okay. But then I'm not That's sure. That's so why. rough, though. It is. But I almost don't know how else they would end it in the past. Yeah. Can we backtrack a little bit? Yeah. So, in the past, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck doctor is doing. Doctor can't get a job. Doctor doesn't have a degree yet. Right. Doctor has no credentials. Doctor can't be a doctor, even though they have so much more knowledge than everyone of the time. Maybe they're working as, like, um... Somehow they're doing work in the bar, like, as a waiter or whatever. My gut instinct was that they got a janitorial job at the hospital. They could do that, too. But then also they could be, like, a neighborhood consultant. Like, people come into the bar get drinks, also maybe get treated, because... That's true. Because I assume true. if this bartender uh, is as bold and as charismatic as we think he is, then he's also very open about being gay. Yeah. So this is probably a safe space for, like, queer people. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Queer people who probably can't be as open about their sexual history. Yeah. I mean, and right before the AIDS epidemic as they are after. Like, I mean, assuming condoms exist at the time, I want Doctor to be working at this bar and, like... Not quite lecturing people, maybe lecturing people and informing them. And I want them to be that person who has a bowl of condoms sitting on the bar. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. That'd be really funny. He goes, please take one. Take I don't even care if you put it in your wallet. Just take it. Take multiple, maybe. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Also, having like this doctor talk about the importance of sexual health in that time would be really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, this is the kind of story that definitely takes a lot of research. It does, yeah, it does. But it'd be super interesting, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Gosh. So, they're working at the bar. They get zipped back into their normal time. Where did that that relationship between doctor and bartender end up? I don't know. I mean, we can change, like, getting zipped back to present. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, if we zip the doctor out... At, not like the exact conflict, but maybe when Doctor and Bartender are at each other's, like, throats almost. hmm Like, what does that do to the rest of the story? Because then Doctor, supposedly, Doctor gets zipped back. Aunt is like, oh my god, I'm so glad you're okay. And Doctor's like, you need to send me back right now. Aunt is like, I just got you back. I feel like Doctor, like, didn't even know it was happening and is still shouting. Oh, yeah. During this transition. And then immediately moves into shouting at aunt about why the fuck did you bring me back? I was having an important conversation about medical honesty and health. Yeah, like I was in the 1980s. What are you doing? And aunt is like, mm-hmm. yep, that's unsurprising. Aunt is like, yeah, that's, that's about right. The tracks. You take after your father. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want doctor to go find our bartender in the current day like actively go out or they could just like go back to work and and see them there i think they do but i think it's like they come into work very disheveled like they have one mission yeah i want him i want old bartender to be like the most charming person on the face of the earth during that yeah meeting oh yeah for sure and i just those similarities clicking that would be so cute Mm. i don't know how to end this without being creepy Oh, them getting together in current day? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I don't think they can. No. Like, I, you know, my heart says, your soulmates... But that's creepy and weird. But also, like, I think a doctor bursts into the room. I think bartender recognizes doctor. And I think bartender has recognized doctor from the moment he set foot in this room but he didn't say anything mm-hmm. and I think doctor is mad I think doctor is shouting like Aww. we weren't done with that conversation <gasps> like you didn't take care of yourself and you wound up back here and doctor is angry and bartender is just when oh, Doctor start crying doctor starts sobbing for sure oh. he's a mess I think bartender is just like I after you vanished and I never knew if I would see you again I lived life I did what i could um maybe like some vague recounting of his aids survival if he had aids or yeah if it was confused for something else like but like emphasizing that he had a very happy life yeah and maybe he says like it broke my heart when you left and i i to this day don't know if it was your fault or not but just like I'm really grateful for the time we did have together. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that you can also live a full life. And it's a- Dies of cancer. Dies of cancer. It's a very, like, bitter note. Yeah. But I think closing on that is, I mean, it's far less worse than 50-year-old man and late 20s yeah. doctor. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yep. Cause you shouldn't write stories like that. That's weird. <laughs> Especially about gay men. Please stop. Oh. This is not a call-out post for anyone in particular, but just think on that, dear audience. <laughs> think on that. No, that's that's a really bittersweet ending. I like it. I hate it. I like it. I know. It breaks my heart. I'd be honored if you wrote that story and sent it in. I'd cry. But it would be good tears, because that should be your goal as a writer, to make your reader fucking sob. That's true. If your reader isn't in tears and you did a bad job. Yep. 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 That's just how it goes. Yep. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you cry during this episode. Mm-hmm. Tell us your thoughts and send us your your emails at offthenopad at gmail.com. DM us your thoughts on offthenopad at Instagram. At Instagram.com. <laughs> yes. Uh, don't forget we have a TikTok. It exists. That's all. That's all. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I comment on our TikToks. <gasps> um... It's not great. Someone else should say something. It's lonely. It's lonely being the most amazing people in the world. It's true. When you stand so far at the top, no one can really... You can't see anyone else at the bottom. Yeah. 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 We love you guys. Yeah, scale the mountain. Come join us. (laughs) Yeah. Bye! Bye!